Welcome to Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York's SML Planning Minute, where we share concise and thought-provoking financial ideas for individuals, families, and business owners. Security Mutual, the company that cares. Hello, this is Bill Rinaldi with another edition of Security Mutual's SML Planning Minute. In today's episode, Social Security Alternatives for the Surviving Spouse. We often spend a considerable amount of time with our clients explaining how Social Security spousal benefits work. We do this because that is where so many people want and need help. But let's not forget about survivor benefits. In many cases, survivor benefits can have just as much of an impact as spousal benefits. Here's a quick summary of how survivor benefits work. If both spouses are past age 70, the survivor benefit is fairly straightforward. It's simply the higher of the two benefits. If one spouse is collecting $2,500 and the other spouse is collecting $1,500, the surviving spouse's benefit would be $2,500. It actually doesn't matter which spouse dies, their survivor benefit is still $2,500. But what if one or both of the spouses have not yet reached their full retirement age, or FRA? As with other Social Security retirement benefits, there is an actuarial reduction if you start early. For a personal, spousal, or divorced spouse's benefit, you can start as early as age 62, but a surviving spouse can start as early as age 60. Deferred Retirement Credits Survivor benefits are different from spousal benefits in one other critical way. It has to do with deferred retirement credits, or DRCs. DRCs do not affect spousal benefits, but they do affect survivor benefits. Here's one quick example. Assume Mr. Smith has a personal benefit of $2,000. This is the amount he would get at age 66 if that's his full retirement age. But let's say he elects to defer until age 70. His personal benefit would then increase by 32% to $2,640 per month. Now let's say Mrs. Smith never worked outside the home. At Mrs. Smith's age 66, the spousal benefit would be 50% or $1,000. But remember, she cannot collect the spousal benefit until Mr. Smith files for his personal benefit. So what happens if Mr. Smith waits until age 70? The spousal benefit to her would still be $1,000, not $1,320, because the 32% increase does not apply to spousal benefits. In other words, if he waits until his age 70, Mr. Smith gets a higher benefit for himself, but Mrs. Smith's spousal benefit stays the same. And worse than that, she has to wait an extra four years to collect. But DRCs do apply to survivor benefits. So if Mr. Smith died, Mrs. Smith would get the full $2,640 as a survivor benefit. So is it worth deferring the $2,000 personal benefit plus the $1,000 spousal benefit just to get the enhanced $2,640 personal benefit four years later? In many cases, it is simply because the $2,640 then becomes the survivor benefit. One place where understanding the survivor benefits can be especially important 
is when there is a significant age difference between the two spouses. Let's say one spouse is 10 years older than the other. Some of the claiming strategies we've talked about before, such as so-called spousal only or restricted application, would not be available with that big of an age difference. But when one spouse outlives the other by a considerable margin, survivor benefits become a much bigger issue. In that situation, it's often a good idea to make sure that, if possible, the spouse with the higher personal benefit defers until age 70. There's another real planning opportunity with survivor benefits, the ability to start with one type of benefit and switch to the other. For example, let's say a surviving spouse is already collecting a reduced personal benefit because she started at age 62. Her spouse dies when she is 64. He had not yet begun to collect any benefit. At that point, she has the option of continuing to collect her personal benefit for two more years, then switching to a full, unreduced survivor benefit at age 66, assuming that is her full retirement age. This strategy is generally not available when both spouses are still alive. Life insurance. Is there a life insurance issue here? Absolutely. Consider what happens when a married spouse dies. Let's say John Smith collects $2,500 per month in Social Security, and his wife, Mary, collects $1,800. When one of them dies, the survivor would get $2,500. That would be an increase if the survivor is Mary, but still more than a 40% reduction in the overall household income. But many household expenses, such as the mortgage, maintenance, and real estate taxes, will stay the same. How do they replace that income? Life insurance can help solve this problem. We're just scratching the surface when it comes to survivor benefits. Here's another example. What happens when a surviving spouse remarries? We'll have to save that one for another day. Contact your local Security Mutual Life Insurance Advisor today. As part of the planning process, he or she will coordinate with your other advisors as needed to assist in achieving your financial goals and objectives. For more information, visit us at smlny.com slash smlpodcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, tell your friends about it, and be sure to give us a five-star review. And check us out on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. The applicability of any strategy discussed is dependent upon the particular facts and circumstances. Results may vary, and products and services discussed may not be appropriate for all situations. Each person's needs, objectives, and financial circumstances are different and must be reviewed and analyzed independently. We encourage individuals to seek personalized advice from a qualified Security Mutual Life Insurance Advisor regarding their personal needs, objectives, and financial circumstances. Insurance products are issued by Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York, Binghamton, New York. Product availability and features may vary by state.